You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. The word this morning, the, the word, prophetic word you brought, brilliant, absolutely amazing, because the topic today is strength through weakness. Wasn't that amazing that God just speaks to us in that way? I'm sure you didn't know that that was what was coming this morning. As Tyler said, we've been talking over the last several weeks um, about this idea of a view from above, gaining a perspective from God's perspective. Uh, I've not got a timer today. Yes. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I can work with that. <laughs> um, no, I need to focus. So we're seeing from, seeing from a different perspective, and, and uh, do you know that that's right? We need to see from God's perspective. His view on our lives is a different view to the view we have. His way of doing things is a different way to the way we do things. We know the Old Testament, doesn't it, says that uh, his ways are higher than our ways. And there's so many things that God views in our lives, in our daily living, that we view differently. And so we've talked about a few that turn it upside down. Uh, we've talked about increase through release. We've talked about graceness, greatness through servanthood, and we've talked about wisdom through foolishness and fruitfulness through the Holy Spirit. And so this morning we're going to look at this other paradox of strength through weakness. It doesn't seem to make sense, does it, that we can gain strength through weakness, and yet we can. So, quick poll, who would you say would be somebody you instantly associate with strength, being strong? This side. Somebody you think of as being strong, Okay, this is like this. This is like the Sunday school class, isn't it? Where you ask the question, and whatever question you ask, you know the answer is going to be Jesus. No, okay, that's great. But in general terms, what would you think? Who would you think of? Nobody that side. That side. Okay, we're going to come this side because you, I hope you're going to be more responsive. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, there we go. That's good. Why? Because he's big, he's beefy, he's trained, and he's got the muscles just like. Dave has, that's why he's instantly thought it, you know, and it's just like Dave. And I'm surprised none of you guys said Dave Dawes, you know, <laughs> Mr. Universe. <laughs> somebody strong like that. We think somebody who's got those big muscles and who's able to rely on his own strength. What about, okay, so they, they stole your thunder. So this side, when you think of someone who's weak, who do you think of? Me. Mr. B! <laughs> oh! Who was it? Who said that? Perfect. Woo. Mr. Bean. Mm. Love Mr. Bean. You know the whole thing. I think he's brilliant. Really love Mr. Bean. And yeah, he's, he's a bit chaotic, isn't he? And he's all over the place. Um, there's actually a really good um, video doing the rounds on Facebook. You may or may not have seen it. You may not be on social media. It's fine. doesn't matter. The point is that he... Rowan Atkinson really has pushed through a lot of really negative stuff to be able to get where he is today and do what he does. So that's actually a brilliant illustration, which I'm not going to use, but do have a look at that. That's great. So yeah, there's two different things that come immediately to mind when we think about strength and weakness. We'd agree with that, yes? Sorry to leave you out. You'll get the next question up there. Okay. Okay. Strength and weakness. So the passage we're going to start with this morning, so if we get the next slide up, I've done slides today. It's novel for me. Here we go. It's the one we think of from, from 2 Corinthians, which is Paul speaking, isn't it? And he says it like this. Let me have a swig of water. 
He's talking about God and how God has said to him certain things. And so Paul says, and God said to me, my grace, God's grace, is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know about you, but I read that and I sort of think, ooh, I don't like that. Do you like that? No. Sounds pretty bad to me. I'm going to take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. Oh, no, I don't fancy any of that, to be honest. But that's not really, you know, why? Because we're viewing it from a complete, from the wrong perspective. We're viewing that from the perspective that Paul is chasing after those things. And he's not going after those things. He's saying, if those things come upon me, I'll take them because I know that when I am weak, God can be strong through this. So let's work through that a little bit. I don't believe he, it means what we think it means in that sense. We tend to think, oh, well, we need to suffer so that we can gain something more from God. And that's not what he's saying here. He's saying, I'm willing to take those things. I'm willing to be weak because I know that when I'm willing to do that, God will be strong through me. The one particular translation of this verse, it comes from... Um, uh, <laughs> A version which um, very self-deprecatingly calls itself the truth version. Um, so if you read any other. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it is a good version. And it says this. Yes, for Christ's sake, I even delight in being so weak, in suffering rejection and hardships, in being persecuted and having to face so many difficulties. For the more I am aware of my own weaknesses, the more... I can depend on his strength. And so, so many times with the Christian life, it's not so much about the actuality or the reality of whether I'm weak or whether I'm strong. It's about my attitude towards God and towards what it is that he's given to me. We can choose to rely on our own strength, on the things that we've got skills in, the talents that we have, the abilities that we've got, and we can build on that or we can choose to say, actually, I'm going to submit those to God and work and live according to his ways by allowing him to be strong through me. So that's where I think the difference is. So, okay. Is this something that's new in the New Testament? No, it goes throughout the whole Bible. The whole Bible talks about this idea, and you know, uh, a few weeks back we had Chris share about wisdom and foolishness, and the whole idea that God takes the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. You know, if you look at the Old Testament, and the Old Testament's there for our example, and we see some of the choices that God made, and you go, seriously? You think about um, um, Moses the murderer. Really? He's going to lead the people? You think about David, the murderer and the adulterer. Wow, really? Man after God's own heart? You think about um, Gideon with his army. He had all those, that massive army to go and to fight, and yet God whittled it down to the smallest number that he could get so that who's, who could be honoured, who could be glorified, so that God could be honoured and glorified, so that the strength could be shown to be God's and not Gideon's. 
So it's an Old Testament principle that runs throughout. And if we pop to the next slide, please. There we go. In Isaiah, we read this. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to who? The weak. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths will faint and be weary, so even I can be faint and weary sometimes. <laughs> and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, there was a line in, in when, so when Tyler started this uh, series, there was a particular line he used, I didn't quote it here, but it was something along the lines of, we're not to be chickens, but we're to fly like eagles. Not to be chickens, but to fly like eagles. And this verse here, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not be faint, they shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. We're to fly and to have the strength of the Lord rather than our own. So, okay, so that's the setting, that's the background, that's what we're going to talk about. Strength through weakness. But rather than just talking generally about it, I thought, why don't we have um, a look at how we can be strong? Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah? Okay. So rather than looking at why we're weak, let's look at how we can be strong and how we can gain that strength through weakness. So I've got five steps, and I think I've got just enough time to get... Oh, somebody's, somebody's put the timer up there. Blow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, we've got time to get through it. So, step number one. How do we become strong? To start with, we do just what it said there in Isaiah. We acknowledge that God is our source. God is the source of everything. God's the source of who I am and who you are. You know, you were born with very specific foundation abilities, skills, talents, and you were born in a place and in a location that was specifically chosen by God which is amazing in and of itself. Did you choose to be born where you, were where you were born? No. Did you choose to be born to the parents you were born to? No. God placed you there for a specific reason and for a specific purpose. If we try claiming that because we were born in a certain place or in a certain family, that that gives us some strength, no, it doesn't give us any strength because it all comes from God himself in the first place. Or maybe, so that's the foundation, the skills that maybe over the years you've trained and you've done some... Um, some t you know, you've, you've, you've taken some courses and you've learnt some things and you've got some degrees and you've got some, some uh, real education behind you or you've taken an apprenticeship and you know how to be a, a craftsman or a craftswoman. Wonderful. But are those skills something that you yourself can rely on perfectly because of yourself or is that skill set something that God's orchestrated for you to receive? And it's God who's given you that ability and skill set. Spiritual gifts come to each one of us, but they come as a grace gift from the Father to us. Do we deserve them? No. He gives them to us. So, where is our source? Well, our source is the Lord himself. Um, he is the source of all things. If he's the Lord of all things, we can say with Isaiah, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends 
of the earth. And as you start saying that, I don't know about you, but as I start saying that, about where I am and what skills I think I have, what talents I think I might have, what strengths I think I might have gained over the years, it, it just turns me to praise to him because it's because of him that I have what I have. So acknowledge that God is our source and that will automatically lead us to praise. It's the first place. We start with praise. Isn't that the thing? You praise God, praise God, praise God. Do you know there are times when I'm, some of you know that I do a lot of traveling. It's not something that comes naturally to me. You might be surprised. I was born at home. Literally, I wasn't born in a hospital. I was born at home. I was raised 18 years, 19 years in that home. That home was where I was. I didn't go from there very much. I didn't travel the world. I think I went to two, no, three overseas trips in 18 years. Home was what I'm about. And even now, home is where I really recharge my batteries and love to be. And yet God's brought it about that I'm now busy traveling. I spend something like 25% of my time away from home. And yet, there are those times when I sort of, maybe at an airport somewhere, or maybe I'm, I'm sitting on my own thinking, wow, what's happened here? And it just leads me to praise because it's him who's enabled me to do those things. So, He's the source. We start there. Number one, acknowledge that God is the source of all things and that will lead us to praise. Number two, next one. Number two, take no confidence in our own abilities. Take no confidence in our own abilities. How many of us work in a job, work in a, or, or, or are involved in something in life where we look back at our previous experiences, we look back at the skill sets we've gained and we go, ah, I know what to do here. We hit a problem, we hit an issue, we hit a situation, and we go, ah, I've got it. I know what to do. And then we get on, and we do what we think is right, and we ask God to bless what we've decided we'll do. Nobody else does that. Okay, I do that. I have a tendency to do that. Um, you know, 30 years, medical technology industry, I've got some background to it. I understand what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Somebody calls up and says, we've got this problem. And I think, ah, okay, this is what I should do. But what I've learned to do is to realize that I can take no confidence in that, but actually to step back and say, God, is this what I should do? This makes sense to me, but is this what you would want me to do in this situation? So having no confidence in our own abilities, not that we think... And so there's that scripture, isn't there, in Romans, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. It's not that you should think of yourself as weak and meek and terrible and no good and can't do anything and I'm skillless and inexperienced, but that one thinks of oneself as having skills, abilities and experience, but actually, in God's eyes, it's subservient to him because he's so much more powerful, so much more. And, uh, you know, we know that when we pray, we can expect him to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Therefore, there's so much more that we can gain from him than we have ourselves. So, take no confidence in our own abilities. Scripture talks about uh, having no faith in bows or in, our, in horses, in chariots or in swords, in the strength of our own arm or the skills of our hands. But power and might, strength and security come from the Lord himself. Yeah? Um, I had a little note there as well about DIY, but I won't say too much about it because I was just going to explain about, you know, the whole idea of doing it for yourself. Um, sometimes doing it for yourself doesn't give you the best solution. <laughs> Trust me. 
There's a reason why we, we know a very good selection of tradesmen who come and do work in our house. I don't do it. So, the phrase there, the psalm there, my flesh and my heart fails. You know, sometimes we fail. Our flesh and our heart fails. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So as we start, we start out by saying, God, you're the source of all things, and that leads us to praise. Then we move and say, actually, I'll take no confidence in what I, my abilities and my skills of, on my own, and that will lead me to thanksgiving, saying, God, thank you for all the good things and all the skills and all the abilities you've given me. Yeah? So those are the first two. The third one. Next one, please. There we go. Share with Father what the situation is. Do you know, so many times... We just get on with life. And we just get on with it and think, well, we know what we're supposed to do and we rush ahead. Maybe you don't, but I tend to. You get into the day. You get the call. You know there's an issue or a problem. You just think, oh, well, I could do this or I could do that. And you make two or three more calls. You send a couple of emails. You go and talk to some people. You see if you can organize something. You try and sort it all out all on your own. And you get to the end of the day and you go, oh, Lord, just please bless what I'm doing here. Instead of starting from, God, what should I do in this circumstance? Lord, this is the problem. Do you know, you can think back to people like, uh, in the Old Testament again, people like Hezekiah, who was presented with a particular letter, who was under siege, and was presented with a letter that was really devastating to him. And what did he do from, from the armies that were uh, besieging them? What did he do? He went and took the letter and presented it in the temple and set it before the Lord and said, God, you see this. You presented it before the Lord. So whatever circumstance and situation you face, whatever problem you're in, whatever difficulty you come to, present it before God. And as you present it before God, that will lead to hope. Lead to hope. There's times, though, when you get to the place where you just don't know how to pray. You can't articulate it, you can't say it. Even to God, you find it hard to tell him how it all is. At least I found that anyway. We found that in our lives. Many, not that many, uh, okay, a number of years ago, uh, we were in a situation where um, Ruth was ill. She had a particular illness which, you know, um, is potentially has life-threatening consequences. Um, We were working here in the church and there was some things we were working through here that took us through some stress, and um, I think we all know, don't we, that people are sometimes um, people. I think it was was it um, um, uh, Nicky Gumbel who said, "People are like hedgehogs on a cold night. They want to come together and huddle together for warmth, but then realise they've got prickles and have to separate because of the pain they cause one another." And sometimes that's how it is, isn't it? And we were going through that, and there was some of that going on. And we came to a place where I know I didn't know how to pray. And there was just that burst of emotion, and it was just simply saying, Oh God, oh God, nothing more. And then it came to me, in the next slide, please. In Romans it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself, Spirit himself, gives us that utterance, groans and utterances, to be able to communicate to God just what we're going through. 
And he wants to hear that. And whether that's in groans, whether that's in just saying, oh God, or whether it's speaking in tongues, uh, those of you who don't speak in tongues, talk to us afterwards. We'd love to pray for you to release that gift. It's a gift we should all seek. And that leads to hope. That leads to hope. This is the process. You've got this process going through. We acknowledge God for who he is, the source of all things, leads to praise. We say we do not take any confidence in what we have and who we are of ourselves, and that leads us into thankfulness. And we move to this place where we share it with Father, and Father in his generous heart takes us in his arms and gives us hope. Amazing. It's really amazing. Number four. There we go. Seek, oh, it goes further down. Seek God's insights and guidance. Okay. Seek God's insights and guidance. So this is about, you know, is there something I've missed? Is there something I should be doing? Lord, what is it you want me to do in this circumstance, in this situation? Do you know, I'm feeling like this circumstance is really weighing me down and I feel so weak in this and I don't know what to do. What should I do next? Seek what God has to say. As we seek him, then that will lead us to revelation. And it's revelation that we need to give us that ability to move on to the next thing. Asking him questions. You know, God loves us to ask questions. Do you know that? Do you see what I did there? God loves us to ask questions, he really does. If you look through the Old Testament, if you look through the Psalms, how many times do you see that there's questions? In fact, if we look in Isaiah and where we started there, have you not heard? Do you not know? It's questions, questions, questions. God loves questions. And he wants, to ask us, wants us to ask him some questions. Why? Because he wants to give us some answers. So ask for God's insights and guidance. Lord, what should I do? Are these, are there any, is there anything I've missed? Is there another way? Should I be doing it this way or should I be doing it that way? You know, one of the, the stories in the Old Testament, one of the accounts uh, of David that I, I find absolutely fascinating, I love, is the time when he came to his very weakest moment, and at that moment, it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. It's the account where he's, he's been with his group of... He's been rejected by King Saul. He's gone out into the wilderness. He's gone into the wilderness and into the caves. He's been in the caves for a while and he's got a group of people together with him. That group of people are all the ragtag rabble, not very good, not very nice people necessarily, but he's gathered them all to him. He's offered himself to the enemies of Israel and aligned himself with the enemies of Israel to be part of their team, if you like. And those of us that have ever been selected for teams growing up will know what it's like to be rejected by the team. Yeah? Trust me, I do. Um, or be the last one to be picked, you know? Oh, okay, if I have to, I'll have him. You know? But that was David's situation. The, the guy said, do you know what? We don't trust you because you're going to turn suddenly. So actually, you go home. We don't even want you on our side. He, couldn't, he, he was even rejected by the enemies of Israel. That's a bad day, isn't it? When you get rejected by the people that... Whoa. But he got worse. He gets home and he gets back to Ziklag. And when he gets back to Ziklag, what does he find? Those of you who are Bible scholars, what does he find? Everything's gone. All his family's gone. Everybody's wives have been taken. Their children have been taken. All their stuff's gone. It's, the whole place has been ransacked and burgled. And everything's gone. That's pretty bad as well. But then, 
it gets even worse. Because then all the guys that are with him sort of go, this is your fault. I mean, you know, rejected by the king of Israel, rejected by the enemies of Israel, now rejected by his mates and friends. Really? And they turn around and they say, we're going to stone you. Like, that's actually going to do any good. But hey, we do that with our leaders sometimes, don't we? Whether that's church or whether that's politics, but by the by. Um, it's a pretty bad day for David. It's a pretty bad day. And it says very clearly, what does he do? He strengthened himself in the Lord. He didn't go, woe is me, it's terrible, I'm in a really bad place. Oh my, oh. No, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And when he strengthened himself in the Lord, when he looked back over what had happened, and he, I'm sure he recounted it because we've got, one of the, we've got Psalms that show it. Psalm 18, they say, is probably one that shows a response and how he, he sort of talked about to himself, look, review what God's done, look what's been happening, now make a change and move forward. And what did he do next? He, he strengthened himself in the Lord and then he called to himself, called to himself those that had the ability to um, make decisions um, what am I thinking of? The priest with the ephod, so he could make a decision. And he said, what should I do? Should I go after them or not? Lord, what should I do? So he asked the question. He laid it before God and asked the question, what should I do? And so what I suggest is we need to lay it before God and ask him the question, what should we do? The next slide, please, because my timer is going now. And this, they say, is... David's response, and okay, it's in the Passion Translation, so it's a little bit different as well, but hopefully let's prick up our ears and listen to what it says. It says it like this. To the humble, you, God, bring heaven's deliverance, but the proud and haughty, you disregard. God, all at once, you turned on a floodlight for me. You brought me some revelation. I could see. I knew what to do. You are the revelation light in my darkness, and in your brightness, I can see the path ahead. With you as my strength, I can crush an enemy horde, advancing through every stronghold that stands in front of me. And they say this is the point where David just turned around and everything turns out. He got to his weakest moment. He knew he couldn't continue in his own strength. He strengthened himself in the Lord, and then from that moment on, everything turned around. Everything turned around. He went, he retrieved everything from the people that had... Um, uh, plundered Ziklag from the Amalekites, he retrieved it all back. He brought back everything that was there, restored it all. He then went from there to Hebron and became king of all of Israel. Wow! And all of that because he came to the place where he said, I'm not able to do this, I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing we need to do. That's what we need to do. So for me, at this, uh, you know, the... <laughs> Nothing like that. I don't get to those places, I'm pleased to say. I don't have my wife carried off and all my goods taken. But in the spiritual things, we can. In spiritual things, we can. And so we're trying to learn, and it's taking us some time, and we're not there yet at all, but we're trying to learn to actually defend what we have, to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, and to realize that actually the enemy does want to take from us certain things. So at the start of a week, usually on a Sunday evening, because that's when the week starts, I'll sit down and review with God what my week looks like. That's the case of taking my diary, taking my calendar, saying what's what we're going to do. What is the week? What does it look like? And planning it out and looking at it and changing the plan according to what he says. And then Monday morning, praying into it again and saying, God, what is the word for this week? 
Now, it's the practice I'm trying to develop. It's something I need to do more of. But, you know, as we do that, we will see God shape us and give us strength for all that he's called to us in that week. That's the way we do it. That's the way we turn it around. So, we present it to God, and that leads to revelation. Number five. You'll be glad to know this is the last one. Number five. Take action. Be obedient to his words. Take action. And that will lead to success. Yeah? Take action. Do you know how many times, and, and I'm guilty of this, but how many times do we hear God's word and say, that's great. How many times do we actually hear God's word, write it down, put it in our journals, fold our journals up, put the journals on the side and walk away? And come back to them three weeks later and just read through, oh yeah, I remember that. I did nothing about that one. Yeah? Maybe, you, maybe you're not like that, but that's what I tend to do sometimes. Um, maybe somebody's given a prophetic word over your life and you've gone, that's nice. And walked away. Prophetic words are there to encourage us and to motivate us and to get us to do what God wants us to do. Not just file them away and forget them. Anyway, getting off my point. Take action. Be obedient to what God says you should do. Even if what God says you should do is to do nothing. But to trust in him. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. That's a toughie, isn't it? That's a tough one. The... the the, the um, Israelites are coming out of Egypt. They've come out of Egypt and they've been led by the Lord and they've got the chariots of, of, of Egypt coming after them. All the, the army of Egypt, and you can imagine there's probably yelling and all sorts of things going on. There, there's a, a real rabble coming after them. You've got all the people of Israel sit, standing there before the Red Sea. And the Red Sea is something one would suggest is rather an immovable object. So they're stood there thinking, how are we going to go forward when they've got all these people behind us, chasing us, what's going to come next? And in that moment, so the Lord says to Moses, strike and put out your... Thank you, staff, yes. And the sea will open. And the sea parts and opens and they find a way through. So there is something that sometimes we have to do, but there's also something that God will do. There are those miracles that will come. There are those times when it's not by horses or chariots as they sing about afterwards, but it's actually by the power of God working that changes the situation and circumstance in our lives. Does that mean we do nothing? No, it means we do what God calls us to do. If we don't do what God calls us to do, then we don't receive the reward that we should expect from doing what he calls us to do. We step out in his strength and stand firm on his word. In faith we move forward step by step. The next slide. Please, there we go. These are two verses that I thought would be great to round it off with. These are two I'm sure you know. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some translations say through him who strengthens me. Same thing. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's not in my strength, it's in his strength. It's not in my abilities, it's in his abilities. If he's able to do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine, and his Holy Spirit lives in me, I am able to do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine. Wow, that's amazing. So we are actually much stronger than we think we are. And then Ephesians 6.10, in that whole section about taking battle, taking our stand, and putting on the armour of God, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We may be weak, but if we're strong in him, we'll achieve all that he's called us to. Whether that's in your day-to-day walk, whether that's in your daily living, whether that's in your family life, whether that's uh, in your workplace, wherever it happens to be, you will be able to succeed in these things. So, in summary, acknowledge that God is your source, and that will lead, in, lead you to praise.
And I suggest, give him praise. Take no confidence in your abilities, but give him thanks. Share the situation with him. Don't go around blabbing it about to everybody. Share it with God. First, first. He's our father. Do you know, Ruth or I, if one of our sons won't come to us and share with us what's going on in their lives, but would rather go and talk to somebody else, then there's a little bit of an issue with our relationship. Now think about how Father feels if we won't go to him and tell him what's going on in our lives. Share the situation. That gives you hope. Seek God's insights and guidance. That brings revelation. And take action, because here comes success. Yeah? Okay, so let's pray about those things. Let's just bring that together. I don't know about your situation here this morning, but we do know that God specifically wanted us to hear these words because he brought that prophetic word about strength and weakness. So we know that some folks here today are in that place where you're feeling weak, you're feeling like circumstances are pressing in around you, you're feeling like um, maybe the bills are mounting up, maybe the relationships that you, you hold dear are falling apart. Whatever it happens to be, whether it works tough, whether you find it difficult to stand up under that temptation, whatever the difficulty is, whatever the situation you're in right now, let's just bring that to God. Let's bring that to God. Let's acknowledge that God is God. We give you praise because you are the source of all things. Lord, in this situation, we know we're not going to be able to stand up on our own and do it by ourselves, but we know that you're going to strengthen us. Right now, just share that situation in your heart with God and just say, God, I give it to you. I give it to you. I take hope knowing that you are with me, that you will strengthen me. And in this moment, let's just ask God, what do you want me to do? I trust you with it. Put it in your hands if it's to do nothing and to allow you to work. But Lord, if there's something I need to do, if I need to go and speak to somebody, if I need to take some action, I'm willing to do it. Take your direction, God. I feel really weak in this situation. But Lord, you're my strength. Trusting in you, believing that you are going to give me power, strength and might to succeed, to move forward. And so in you today, I give you all these things. And Father, I move forward, trusting that you will strengthen me for every circumstance and every situation. And that your will will be done over my life and those of those people around me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.